0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and with me today, Claire Holt. Welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Man, last time we saw you, you were like...
1: I was big. Yeah. I was ready to go.
0: And uh, so let's talk about it. Today we're going to do like birth story and motherhood. Mm -hmm. So how was the end of your pregnancy?
1: I was tremendously uncomfortable at the end. I had a lot of... uh, I
0: could tell by the way you said tremendously. Tremendously.
1: (laughs) I don't even think that does it justice. (laughs) Uh, I had really bad pelvic pain, and I just felt like I would topple over at any moment, and I was just so ready for the pregnancy to be over.
0: Pelvic pain in the front or back of your pelvis?
1: Um, Kind of like all around, uh, mostly in the front, but it was really bad, and I had such trouble sleeping you know, getting out of bed at night, doing anything other than, like, moving my hips in a certain direction. Just
0: totally lined up. Yep.
1: Mm. And it just, it was awful. I would wake up a hundred times at night. I had really bad insomnia, really bad anxiety, actually, at the end of my pregnancy. And I I know a lot of people have told me since, you know, that's because there's a big change coming in the body. Everything's happening. There's lots of blood pumping. and But I would wake up really panicked a lot at night and not be able to sleep mm. and it was, it was a struggle for me, for sure. Was,
0: was there specific things on your mind during those anxious moments? Or? I don't
1: know if it was... I mean, we've talked a lot before about how I'm not great at not being in control. And oh, right. <laughs> I remember that. And oh. I think uh, part of it was because I had no idea when the baby was coming, how he was coming, what was going to happen, how I was going to manage it, how my life was going to change. I think all of that sort of started to bubble to the surface.
0: Yeah, I guess if you have a crystal ball, it makes it
1: easier. Right, exactly. There's so, so much unknown. So much. And so I... Um, I would wake up like 11, 12 at night and go downstairs and watch uh, Netflix comedy specials.
0: Oh, yeah. There are so many great ones. Mm-hmm.
1: There were great ones. Oh, my God.
0: I was doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <You> were, <laughs> at the end of your pregnancy? <laughs> well, at the end of your pregnancy. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. There were was, was some good ones, actually. So that really helped me. Who's your favorite? Um, I loved the Amy Schumer one oh, because yeah. it was very appropriate for how I was feeling at the time.
0: Yeah, very relatable for you at the uh-huh. moment. I loved it, too, and I'm not even – Yeah, know.
1: she's great. She's just so open and honest about the experience. and
0: so this is a really cool style of pushing a joke till you think it's pushed as far as it can go.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then you think she's going to move on to the next one. Keeps and going. And bam, she's, like, not even just <laughs> getting started.
1: I know. It was amazing. I loved – so I did that a lot. And I walked miles and miles and miles because I thought that that would help uh, the baby to come out and it just gave me contractions the whole time i was walking and then they would stop when i got mm. home so. did
0: walking make your pelvic pain feel better or worse I,
1: or? you know i think i i was once i was like a mile into my walk it would settle and i would feel okay by the end of the day i wouldn't be able to move mm. uh, but when i was walking and the blood was flowing i was moving i kind of
0: once things warm up
1: yeah i felt good but it it certainly like didn't feel great and the contractions every time i was like please be it please be it please be mm. it no, <laughs> it wasn't it.
0: So. Yes. How far along did you get?
1: So I was induced at 39 weeks. Okay. Um, my doctor shared with me probably when I was 36 weeks that she was going away uh, to, no, it might have been a little early actually. Maybe she told me around 32 weeks that she was going to Guatemala to um, do, you know, a amazing, medical mission. A, a medical mission. Uh, and so that first of all, made me very nervous because I was very attached to her and I wanted her to deliver my baby. And then I had what they told me was a very large baby and was on track for sort of 10 pounds if I went to term. And also there were some things that they picked up in a scan, um, a growth scan towards uh, the end of my pregnancy that they couldn't really see when he was in utero, utero so they couldn't measure um some things in his heart when he was in there and so they needed to do an echo when he was born okay. and so that made me very 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 nervous on top of everything on else. top of everything i just wanted him out so that i knew that he was safe or so that they could take care of him if there was something wrong so all of those things combined made me decide to be induced at 39 weeks well, my husband and i made a decision together to be induced at 39 weeks
0: other than walking forever, mm-hmm. were there other things you tried to? Oh, just...
1: everything! I tried bouncing on the ball. I tried. Um, what I, I'm trying to think of what they are. Now, I went to the foot spa every day. Uh-huh. So like, just press on all the points. <laughs> do it. You know, I now in my next pregnancy I'm going to have foot massages the all whole time your <laughs> because it, it didn't did do nothing. anything. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. nothing. I had a lot of acupuncture. Um, so I tried sex. That didn't work. Uh, all of the things. That they tell you to try to get the baby out. I tried, and
0: when you were thirty nine weeks, um, I
1: did have my membrane stripped, though actually on the day of my, that I was thirty nine weeks.
0: Oh, that was the beginning of it all. Yes. Okay. Were you effaced uh, and dilated?
1: I was not very effaced, and I was a centimeter dilated. Okay. So I was, I was still quite hard. Is that what they call it when you're not that effaced? Uh, Soft and uh, hard? Or, not
0: ripened yet? <laughs> not ripened.
1: I'm not really sure the terminology. Firm, Affirm, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, only a centimeter. So well, maybe a centimeter and a half, actually. So my OB suggested that morning that she strip my membranes, and that definitely started the process for me. I started to feel, like, mild little twinges here and there, but mostly I um, felt nauseous and I had some back pain. And then I lost my mucus plug that night before I went in for the induction. So
0: irresponsible. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I feel like it kind of it got the process started, and maybe if I'd have let myself labor at home, or if I hadn't gone in, or whatever, I probably in the next day or so would have gone into labor. But um, I was desperate to have my doctor deliver. So. I just
0: I, I got a text just literally right now uh-huh. that a client who is on call for her birth. Got her membrane swept, but yeah. she's second baby, and she's already four centimeters. What? So let's talk quickly.
1: <laughs> already four centimeters because you have to go, okay.
0: No, no, no. It's oh. her second baby. She's not on oh. labor yet. She's just already four centimeters oh. going into it. Oh, like, so that'll her, go quick. She's like 10 days post-it. Right. So when it goes, it's going to go fast.
1: Lucky for her. Yeah,
0: but anyway. <laughs> but on your first, you know, mm-hmm. it takes longer. So
1: It did. It, it So it, the process sort of started... I started to get uncomfortable, I would say, maybe 6 or 7 p.m. at night. And my dog, funnily enough, was mm. following me everywhere. They know. He knew for sure. I went into a bathroom. That I, I don't know why I went into some weird bathroom to have a shower. <laughs> but he, he followed me in there and he wouldn't leave my side. And that's when I was like, oh, I guess this is probably starting earlier and maybe it'll be a very fast labor for me, which would be ideal. Uh, Or maybe I don't even have to be induced and do all of the things that come with induction. Mm. Um, But
0: That's not what happened. That's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) What time of day were you scheduled to go?
1: So I went in at midnight. Okay. Obviously didn't sleep a wink. Yeah. I was just so excited. I was so ready to have this baby. And... I got there actually funnily enough and we got there at like 11.40 or something and they made us sit in the waiting room because they were like if we check you in now it's another day on your insurance blah, oh, blah blah so blah weird. so we just sat out there like twiddling <laughs> our thumbs until the clock struck midnight and then they let us in and um you know you get to, I was just so excited I remember putting my robe on you've got the nice big. Room. Wait, did you bring your own or did you? Use no, those? That I don't
0: the hospital. Robe. You use the hospital gown. Yeah, camera? I
1: don't know why. Yeah. I had I had everything but a robe. By the way, I didn't use half of the stuff. No, I used ninety percent of the stuff that I brought with me. I didn't use.
0: What was something that you packed in your bag that was helpful?
1: What was something that I packed that was helpful? Um, shower slippers. Mm. I used those as little slides for the shower. That's uh,
0: uh, something a lot of people don't bring, but probably Yeah, well, I,
1: I took a shower and I was well glad I bring now them. that they're <laughs> <Yes, laughs> listening to you. I was, I was glad I had them. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few other things. I, I didn't need the four different outfits I bought for you him. You didn't need four over no, him? <laughs> for him. <laughs> I mean, I bought a couple for me too, but I, I needed, a, you know, I didn't know how big he was gonna be, oh, what his Brother color Sons. was gonna be. Oh my goodness! Would red look on him? I red? know
0: the first pictures. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so, yeah so sadly the first pictures are not that cute, and we're all kind of like <laughs> asleep and blinking. Typical, and, I would think. Yeah, but uh, so we went in at midnight, and when I got there, they checked me, and they said that he was sunny side up. They did an ultrasound, so um, that would, I guess, explain why I started to feel sort of contractions in my back.
0: Yeah, so his spine against your spine, basically. Right. So bone against bone.
1: Bone against bone. Sounds Um, comfortable. Yeah, well, I thought it was uncomfortable until I actually started progressing. Then I realized what discomfort really was. Ah. Uh, But, yeah, so... um, What was their
0: initial induction method for you?
1: So they used Cervidol. Uh, okay. At first, which is like the pill that they insert, and um, it basically was because I wasn't effaced. Down. Okay, yeah. In the mouth or the. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, they yeah. insert vaginally, and uh, it basically gave me like mild period cramps. What I thought were contractions, so, you know, I didn't really sleep because I thought it was going to go very That's quickly, yeah. and I was excited. But, you know, for a, maybe, I would say, from midnight until five was what they left. They left the servital and they came back at 5 a.m. to check me. And my hubby had a great sleep on the oh. little couch. I was lying. Well, I probably you know, dozed off for an hour or something, but I... Uh,
0: no, I Netflix specials, no Netflix comedy special? No Netflix.
1: I just... I don't know what... I, I was feeling so overwhelmed and excited and I couldn't sleep. And No doula at that point? No doula at that point because my lovely dear doula had a f- monster 40-hour, oh, eight-hour right. birth right before mine. So she... Finished that birth probably, I'd say four or five a.m. And I'd already, I was already in the hospital being induced. And I said to her, "Look, go and rest. Like, I, I would feel terrible if you had to do two forty-eight hour births because at that point I didn't know how long it was going to take me."
0: I mean, did nobody tell you that you're probably just going to sit on fentanyl for six, ten hours, something like that?
1: I don't know. Uh, no, not really. That because I, every time I would ask, you know, how long it would take or what it would, they would say, you know, maybe a few hours, could be longer. And when they first came in to tell me that they were going to do the Cervidol, they said, we're going to call you doctor and check, but we'll either do just the servidal or we'll do Cervidol and the Foley balloon at the same time. And I was like, oh, please, let's do it at the same time. Let's <laughs> do it at the same time. And she came back in, and I was just so tremendously disappointed because my doctor had said just the servital slow play it, slow play it. You know, my hubby was like, "Oh man, what does, you know, we just want the baby to be here." Right.
0: I know your, I know your like determination. Like, let's do it all. I right wanted now. to do it all. Just the, do the servital yes. and the Everything. Foley balloon and pitocin. Just and, pitocin. Get your <laughs> <up there> and <laughs> yeah. them out. Exactly. Um,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so by five a.m., I'd progressed. I think maybe another centimeter to two and a half or something. So not a lot, but I was uh, sixty or seventy percent effaced maybe at that point. Okay,
0: that's what it really does is help soften right. your cervix. But also you doubled your dilation.
1: Right. So th- I was pleased with that, and they said, okay, now we're going to do the Foley balloon. Okay. Um, at about five minutes after they inserted the Foley balloon, I realized that I was so grateful that my doctor didn't do them both at the same time ah, at midnight. All right. Because... That's going to be,
0: hold on a so second, a great place to pick up in just a minute. Okay, go for it. But before we get there, what was the placing of the Foley balloon like?
1: Um, it wasn't too painful. It, it, basically, I guess they, they insert the balloon— and blow it up uh, once it's inside, and it's obviously supposed to help you to dilate.
0: Right, so the, it's sort of like a pelvic exam, Yes, right? And then... A little catheter, the end of it is inflatable. Yes. And because your cervix is open a little bit, they can go through to the other side with the head of that catheter, the inflatable part. Exactly. And then they usually flush it with water and it fills up to about four centimeters. So the placing of it just felt like a regular pelvic exam? The placing
1: of it was not painful. It it was a a little uncomfortable, but yes, it just felt like a regular uh, pelvic exam. Plus. Plus a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then when they inflated it, I guess that's what we'll have to come back to. Ooh, (laughs) don't go anywhere. (laughs) We will be right back. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Claire Holt. And boy, some people love balloons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like some balloons. I did not like this one.
0: Yeah, so what happened once it filled up?
1: Um it was so unbelievably painful for me and I feel like I have a pretty high pain threshold in general you know I've broken bones I you I've, definitely
0: have a high pain threshold. Okay good. Right, you confirmed. you can
1: tell. Um I was contracting basically um I don't really know how you like time it properly but a minute on a minute off.
0: Okay. Oh wow. Um,
1: yes. And the minute off felt like just a milder version of a contraction because the balloon was still dilating Pressing. and there was pressure. So the contraction was so, so strong for me for that minute. And then the minute I didn't, I basically contracted constantly for two hours is how it felt. Wow. And it- did
0: you, Where did you feel the contractions? Did you feel them in your-
1: I wasn't necessarily feeling them in my back, a little bit in my back, but I was just, it was, there was so much pressure that I couldn't really determine where it was coming from. Okay. Um,
0: Did you feel it in your cervix area? Okay.
1: Yes. And it was really tough for me. And at this point, my husband and my sister were there with me in the hospital room and of course, they were filming me and thought it was hilarious. And I was like, no, I'm serious, guys. This actually really hurts. <laughs> um, and then the nurse came in and I was like, do people, how do people do this without pain relief? <laughs> oh my God. I just don't know why people would even do this without a drug. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm so early on, I'm not even that dilated, like this is crazy. And she was like, oh, some people have fentanyl. And I was like, w- "Well, I don't want to have fentanyl, so uh, like, what is that? What should I do?" She goes, "Yeah, just put a heat pack on your back or something." And I was like, oh, "But does anyone talk about how much this hurts?" <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, they they do. It hurts. Some people get the epidural before the balloon." And I was like, "Well, I don't want to do that because my plan had been to try and have a natural birth, which I knew was going to be difficult. A unmedicated birth, it doesn't really work with an induction. But I was trying to do it without pain." Relief. Pain,
0: yeah, no pain medicine.
1: No, no pain medicine. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to white knuckle it and I'll be okay. But this is crazy. Like, this is so, so, so painful for me. They told me it could take up to six hours to dilate me to four centimeters. And after two hours of it, I remember the nurse coming in to check how it was going. And I was like, I can't take this much more. This is unbearable. Like, maybe I'm just going to cancel the induction or Ooh. whatever it is. Go to I Guatemala. <laughs> go to, I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't want to do Catch this. Catch
0: up with your doctor in Guatemala next week. Exactly. Uh, baby was totally fine the whole time?
1: Baby was fine the whole time. Happy. Um, happy the whole time. So she came in at, uh, this was at 7 a.m., I guess. And uh, she goes, well, let me check and see where where you're at. And she kind of tugged on the balloon, which is what they do to see how far along you are. And she said, okay, I think it can come out. I think you're four centimeters, but I've got to give it a real tug. And I was like, Okay. I'm ready. And, you know, I was gripping the edge of the hospital bed, and she yanked, and I yelled, which I, I'm not really a yeller, but that warranted a squeal. But when it came out, I felt such relief. The contractions were way less painful after that. Oh, really? Um, and
0: so not so much pressure on your cervix Not anymore. so much
1: pressure on my cervix. I, they just felt bearable. They felt uncomfortable, but I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so about an hour later, eight a.m., my doctor came in that morning um, to check me, and she said I was at three no, I I was at four centimeters, and I was effaced, and she could break my water, which I obviously opted for because I wanted anything that you would have done. <laughs> anything I have to done move anything. it anything. Yep. But I,
0: I just also want to say because I've seen a bunch of people have the balloon placed and mm-hmm. sit on the balloon for a while and it's so varyingly different from really? person to person.
1: And you know, for... I listened to one of your podcasts where they were talking about induction methods and mm-hmm. and when the doctor talked about it like I didn't think it was going to be painful.
0: Right, I mean, you're just wimpy. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I'm a not real at all baby. The truth. No, but I I've seen people have it placed where the actual just placement of it looks miserably torturously uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then once it's in they're fine. Right? Literally no problem at all. Mm-hmm. You were sort of the opposite. Placing it was no problem at all, yeah. but once they inflated it was. And I also have seen where there's like what seems to be like a thirty to sixty minute hormonal reaction oh, really? to having all that stretch in your cervix at one point, because there's stretch receptors there uh-huh. that, in response to being stretched, release hormones. So they have this big spike in hormone, and it makes them like shaky and oh, and anxious, and you know, like a big hormonal surge reaction. And then they're fine after like 30 or 35 minutes. So everyone reacts a little differently to these interventions.
1: Yeah. I I remember all I was saying, actually. My husband was filming me. And and he goes, what did Dr. Berlin say? And I said, he told me not to get induced. And he was right.
0: Oh, <laughs> I didn't say don't get induced. No, you then. didn't. You just said,
1: do you need to be induced? Yeah. And in my head, I thought, yes. Right. In reality, I probably didn't. And right. maybe I would have had a, a slightly different experience. It, all ended up great i have my beautiful son but
0: oh you spoiled the (laughs) end
1: you were right in saying you know consider all of the options instead of just going for that straight away
0: so you know my personal philosophy on it is that it's always a personal choice right or the pros and cons of each choice when there's a medical consideration to induction then you know some of the benefits of waiting don't really matter that much and when there isn't, then some of the benefits of waiting really do matter.
1: Exactly. More. And I think w- you were telling me this when I had just said my doctor's going away. Right. And there had been no other. We didn't know
0: about the. We didn't know about the. Uh, diagnosis issue that you would have to do afterwards.
1: Exactly. But, you know, I I feel like there was absolute merit to everything that you said. And, and, you know, maybe he would have turned and been the right way coming out and all of those things. I don't
0: know. Everything I learned, I learned from watching South Park. So. Right. spot. Smart. Well. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> All right, back to you.
1: Okay, so um, it's out. It's out. I feel tremendous relief. I feel like I could do this forever. And then uh, she breaks my water, and I, it starts to get quite intense at that point. What does uh, it
0: feel like when she breaks your water?
1: I didn't feel any pain really. It just she just like another check, another internal exam, and she nicked it, and I felt an obvious like oh, you felt the gush. gush. Mm. Yep which I thought was really cool and exciting because, you know.
0: Next step. Next
1: step. And she said, okay, the, you're going to start feeling it a little more now. It should progress quite quickly after doing this. I'll come back and check you in a few hours. So that must have been, I guess, 8 a.m., 8 or 8.30. And at this point I'm texting with my doula and I'm still saying I'm, I'm good. I can handle this. You need to rest. Uh, maybe come in an hour or two, you know, but don't worry. I'm good. And I don't think I'm going to have this baby in the next hour. So you got time to to get here. And then probably an hour later, it got really intense for me. Hmm. Um, In what way? I felt like it's every muscle in my body I had to contract to be able to make it through the contraction. You had to
0: contract?
1: Like I felt like I had to tense every single muscle to be able to withstand the contractions.
0: But isn't it usually the opposite?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think so. But for me, and I don't know if it's because it's how I've handled pain in my life or um, pain through exercise or any kind of uh, physical feat that I'm undertaking, I felt like I had to like, grit through it. Like, and I wasn't great at just like relaxing. Every time I tried to relax through the contractions, I felt like my body would break and my back and your would back. break.
0: Yeah. I mm. felt like
1: my back would break.
0: But well, back labor is a little different though. Right. Because your baby's pushing so hard on your sacrum with their head mm-hmm. that it does get pushed beyond its normal point, physiological point. And then it feels like it's breaking. So, I right. bet by you engaging your core a little bit, because you still had core muscles at the very end. Right. Uh, <laughs> you specifically. Uh, I did. They didn't uh, tear either. I typically. bet by engaging your core a little bit, you're probably the effect of what normally we do with counter pressure against your sacrum.
1: Oh, I bet. I didn't even think of that.
0: And so you don't feel like you're going to break.
1: Right, so it, that's that's how it felt for me. And it's even, also
0: kind of violent that way when you're fighting yourself so hard. It and you, really you felt, blow through a lot of energy quickly.
1: It felt violent, and it felt uh, it just felt like I. I remember saying to my sister, "I've broken both my feet. I've had compound fractures. This feels like everything breaking at the same time." Oh wow! And I. Was looking down the barrel of however many more hours of this, and I I was just really struggling to understand how I could do it. And I my husband was texting my doula and saying like she's really struggling. And at this point, I'd had the epidural dangled in front of me a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they come in. Yeah. Yep. How you doing with the
0: pain, sweetheart? How you doing? Can I help you with the pain? Can Do I you get you something?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And every time I was like, no, I think I'm okay. I think I'm I'm gonna keep trying. I'm I'm okay. And you know, my husband was massaging me and my sister was massaging me, but I just was really struggling. And my doula had said to my husband, because she knew what I had was attempting. Don't let her get an epidural. Don't let her say yes until I get there. We're going to try everything, all my measures. when She
0: has a lot of uh, tools on her tool. A lot of tools
1: when I get there. So she got there about 10.30 a.m. And I was really uncomfortable at this point. I think I was probably six centimeters uh, dilated. I think they checked me around this point and I was um, six centimeters dilated.
0: So you're making progress.
1: I made a lot of progress after. Things are happening. Yep. And so she said to me... Let's get you in the shower. She said, I usually don't do this until someone's, like, right on the edge of not being able to handle the pain anymore because it's like a natural epidural, the, the warm Aquadural. water. Aquadural. Aquadural. So, um, and my, my husband, and she had actually texted my husband and said, put her in the shower. I'm almost there. And my husband said, she just had a blowout. She's not going to go in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter was like, "Of course, Laurie. She's she's wonderful." Um, she said, "Put her hair up. Get her in the shower." Anyway, so Laurie <laughs> got there, and I I finally reluctantly agreed to to ruin my blowout, and I jumped in the shower, <laughs> and it felt great for a second. And for she had second. the she had the, <laughs> the um, wand the wand on my back, yeah, which was awesome. And I I probably was in there. For for maybe 30 minutes or something and I, I was like, okay, I'm getting better, I'm getting better and then something happened and it just stopped helping. Oh, really? Yep. And she kept saying to me, Claire, your legs are so tense. They're so tense. You have to relax your legs. You have to. They're like rocks. And I was like, I can't, I can't. It's the only way I can get through a contraction is by...
0: Because you're still posterior.
1: Huh? Yeah. And so I got out of the shower and I remember just leaning on the bed and tears streaming down my face. I couldn't control it. It was just like... And I was suffering. And... I remember in our discussions, you said there's a difference between pain and suffering, and I was really suffering at this point. And so when that uh, anesthesiologist popped his head in and said, "Is it time yet?" I <laughs> said, "Yes, please." <laughs> and so, um, I'm so I am so polite in that moment. <laughs> no, no, there were some cuss words in there, uh. I'm sure. Uh, and so I asked for a walking epidural because mm-hmm. I wanted to still be able to move around. It was. It took a little convincing to be allowed to have the walking epidural, but he agreed to give it to me. And then it was probably one of the hardest things throughout my labor was sitting still through a contraction whilst he put the needle in. I didn't even really feel the needle, It didn't. like It wasn't an issue, it was not moving when i was like in really intense We're having pain your
0: surges yeah
1: uh-huh and my doula sat in front of me and she said just look me in the eye and stare into my eyes and we got this we can do it together so when the contraction came i just stared at her and she stared at me and somehow it got me through the contraction i didn't move my spine is still intact i didn't have any any liquid leaking anywhere or whatever could possibly go wrong and i felt immediate tremendous relief Was it. Great. <laughs> oh wow! And I was thrilled with my decision at that point. I really was. I f- I had, I could still move around, which was great, and I felt like I had the ability to try and progress my labor that way by rocking and bouncing. But I ju- it just took the edge off the pain.
0: Yeah, that's all you needed, I guess, in mm-hmm. your case. Most hospitals don't have a walking epidural. Right. It's, it's not that common yet. Um, and even if they do, they don't actually let you walk. You know, yeah, I
1: wasn't walking the halls. I wasn't allowed to do that. No,
0: but you're on your feet. I was on so my you're feet. you're ambulatory and you have gravity mm-hmm. working for you and movement. But just a lot of people listening, you, you can ask mm-hmm. um, your providers if it's available. But it's, in most places, it's really not still. And really, they just put in some pain relief medicines placed the same exact way. Mm-hmm. But they put less of the medicine that makes you not feel pressure and things like that. So you can feel the ground against you and you Mm -hmm. know where your legs are in space. And for a lot of people, it's a great tool. But usually when you're over the edge of suffering Mm -hmm. and just have lost it, Mm -hmm. from what I've seen, it doesn't help enough.
1: Oh, really? Because I could still feel stuff and I still felt contractions and it wasn't as if I was pain-free, which actually for me – made me feel like at least I was like partway to my goal. <laughs> but I think
0: you're you're very unique in terms of your mind control. Right. Like you're very practical. Like if I'm not feeling it right now, I'm okay right now. Uh-huh. But I think most of us humans when we get to that point of suffering, right. Just taking off some of the intensity is not enough. It's not it's enough. It's physically enough, mm-hmm. but we're too far gone emotionally. And so right. it doesn't help enough to let you relax. But for you, are like, oh, that's what I needed. And so you were good.
1: Exactly. For me, at least, and maybe it was a mind thing. And maybe if I'd done more mind preparation throughout my pregnancy, I would have been able to handle the contractions better. But once that happened for me, I felt great. It did, however, I think slow down my labor and we talked about how the bag of fluid that you get beforehand is what slows down the labor, right? Yeah,
0: I believe that's what happens. They, In order to give you the epidural, they have to give you a full bag of IV fluid mm-hmm. and that kind of dilutes your hormones so that productive pattern of surges mm-hmm. that you're having kind of peters out sometimes. right? And um, it takes a while to come back. And, speaking of that, we're going to take a minute and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Claire Holt. So, so yes. where were we? <laughs> so, where
1: were we? So, I had the walking epidural, and at this point, I had been racing the girl in the room next to me at the hospital. You're hilarious. <laughs> you, you could, could see, see her. I could see her contractions, <laughs> and I had asked the nurses, obviously, they wouldn't tell me anything about her, but I was like, well, how long has she been here? <laughs> and they said, uh, two days she's been here. I was like, great. I'm going to beat her. I'm going to have this baby before her. I'm going to do it in a day. And so at this point, I was feeling great, but my labor had slowed down a lot. And so I was very frustrated because she was speeding up and I was slowing down oh, and I wanted to win the, the labor race, but I felt great. So probably for the next, I would say, six or seven hours, I think I progressed maybe like one or two centimeters over that time.
0: So then you must be like eight-ish.
1: Yeah, I guess I was like seven or eight. Yeah, eight, which is close. Um, And that's when the walking epidural started wearing off a little. And that's when I really started to feel intense contractions again.
0: In your back again?
1: No. So during this period of like six hours where I had after the walking epidural my doula Lori had managed to flip the baby ah
0: she's her I told you she has a bag of tools
1: she has a bag of tools so she did all kinds of positions for me and when I was on my right side the baby was great when I was on my left side he struggled a little bit his heart rate would drop so I wasn't there for too long but she put me in every position known to man she used a scarf to sort of swing my belly oh, yeah, side to side riboso. Yes, that. <laughs> and uh, he turned the right way. Oh, so at that point, I wasn't having the back labor, but I was just feeling like really strong urges and like pressure and rushes and whatever. What it, I, I don't even really know how to describe it because I feel like I started to leave my body kind of. Ooh. It was a very weird primal experience that I don't even know how to describe and I'm not sure I really remember accurately.
0: Mm. Is there still video?
1: There's video. There's some the pictures. Thing. Yeah, okay. I've got lots of video, but there's there's pictures of this point, and I'm I, I just kind of I remember feeling very nauseous, and a lot of pressure and discomfort, and and I was shaking a lot. I was like trembling, and and at that point I requested the full epidural because I didn't think I'd be able to make it through the pushing stage with how I was feeling, mm-hmm. and of course I don't think you can have the walking, or at least the nerve pathways are different. I think he explained to me or something, so it wasn't going to work the same way. And so I requested the full epidural, and I was really feeling a lot of pressure at this point. I think it was probably 9.30 at night or something. And so I got the full epidural. When and you
0: I say f- pressure, you mean like pressure like you want to push? Yes. Pressure, rectal kind of pressure? Yeah, kind of, just
1: a heaviness, a really okay. strong heaviness. And at that point, my contractions weren't really reading on the monitor. Hmm. And so it looked to the nurses and to the anesthetist. I'm sorry, that's what we say in (laughs) Australia. Anesthesiologist. um, Thank you for translating. Yes, that it was going to be a while. So I got the full epidural and the anesthesiologist said, you know, you you probably need to rest. Told my husband it might be a few more hours because the contractions were really not showing that I was very – they didn't look strong. Okay. But my doula had noticed the shaking and the way I was looking and feeling and acting was, was really like primal. And she said, I think she's ready to go. And the midwife was kind of like, oh, I don't think so. Whatever. will we don't need to check her right now. The doctor will be here soon. She's just, you know, finishing up her homework with her kids, which she told me. And I said, great. Anyway, they got to put the catheter in which they need to do for an epidural, and they couldn't get it in because the baby's head was in the way. He was right in my birth canal ready to go. Oh, no kidding.
0: Oh, yeah, so they went to put in a urinary catheter because you can't walk anymore to go You can't walk
1: to go to the bathroom.
0: So um, they couldn't do it, though.
1: They couldn't get it in, which meant that I was 10 centimeters and totally ready to go. So my doula texted my doctor and said, uh, we can't get the catheter in, and she rushed down. She was there within two minutes. She's
0: there really fast.
1: Yeah, she got there so fast. She's a
0: cape, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> she must. She's amazing. And she got to me and she was like, "Okay, you're ready to go. Let's do a practice push." And so she taught me how to do it, and I went to do a practice push. And it's just my husband and I in the room at this point, and the doula and the nurses. And she was like, "No, no, 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 no practicing." he's coming out wait she ran out to get the scrubs the cart wasn't even in and you know they wheeled the cart in really quickly (laughs) and she got everything ready and we were good to go and then um, so that's when I started to push and I couldn't feel my contractions at this point because of the epidural. Right. Um, so I had to be told when to push, but the feeling of pushing, the sensation was just like I felt like I was going to explode, like burst. I was just pushing so hard because like I almost,
0: you felt it in your face, like uh, you were yeah. going to explode. My okay.
1: face just felt like I was going to pop. I was sure that I'd burst the blood vessels, blood vessels in my eyes, and all people and do. That. I didn't, but yes. So I pushed for I would say maybe. Five, six, seven minutes, and I got his head out. Oh my um, goodness! Yes, That's so fast, very fast. They asked me if I wanted to feel it because he had so much hair, and I touched it and was completely grossed out. And then really, <laughs> yeah, I was like, nope, won't be touching <laughs> that again. But then his shoulders were stuck, so he had shoulder dystocia, uh. and he he was he's a pretty big guy.
0: So his shoulders were stuck, like his head went back in.
1: No, he he, they ju- he just wouldn't come any further. He couldn't I think get further. When I watch back the video, it's interesting because it, she knew somehow. She was like, stop pushing, uh, the doctor. And she was twisting his head from left to right to left to right. Like, which way are you going to come, little buddy? She was so calm about it. When I look at it, it looked like a pretty scary situation. When I watched the video back, I had no idea that that was happening because she was really calm and everyone around me was really calm. And in she the just,
0: moment, you didn't in know? In the moment, I didn't oh, know what was okay. happening. Did they um, give you instructions, like flip it? Well, they really just move said, don't
1: much. move, don't push. And then she had said to the nurses, are you giving me, uh, what's super called? Pubic super pressure. pubic Are you giving me super pubic? And then she has these really tiny little hands. And she got her hand in there, and she dislodged his oh, wow. um, shoulder. And then she was like, okay, I got it. You can push. Give me a push. And he came out. Wow. So, it was a 10-minute.
0: I could never be an OB with <laughs> gigantic hands. I'm very thankful for her <laughs> tiny little hands.
1: Because, um yeah, I, I've heard that that can be a tricky situation, but
0: yeah, we have a whole episode on dystocia, actually, and it can get scary and go on for a while, right, and then can turn into a big emergency
1: right. That's what i what I hear. And when I look at it, it looks scary mm-hmm. because he, she's really trying to twist his head back and forth and like move his body to get him out, and he's just not coming. And it took him a little while when he was out to sort of breathe and come to and cry. And she was very relaxed about that too. She was like, you're all right, buddy. You're going to breathe. And I was like, is he breathing? Is he okay? <laughs> is everything okay? You know, between the tears and, you know, the crazy overwhelming feeling like I'd never experienced before. And then, you know, what felt like a minute, but it was probably 10 seconds later, there was the beautiful big cry and, and he was there on my I chest.
0: Qu- I have a personal question, but okay. you don't have to answer it if you don't well, want I don't to. Mind. Um. mind. Did the person in the room next to you give birth before you or after you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I beat her. <laughs> yeah, <yes! laughs> Did yeah. you, like, go in there? But in, in your face! Were, we were kind of, like, right at the same time, I think. Uh, um, but she'd had a very long labor. I think she'd had three days or something.
0: I think that's all your doctor had to do is to get over the dystocia Would be like, oh, man, her baby's almost it's out. right out. give <laughs> <laughs> and your baby pop out like a cork. <laughs> totally,
1: yeah. But it was the most amazing. It's funny because I have some friends who are delivering any minute, and I'm jealous of them that they get to go through. Oh, that. really? You want to yeah. go on the ride again? Yeah, it's like, I want to go. It, it feels like someone described it as going to war, and I don't mean it in that in a, like a negative way. But it feels like you go into battle, and it's just this amazing primal thing, and the reward you get at the end is beyond anything I can possibly describe.
0: It's so beautiful. Unbelievable. How is adapting to motherhood in terms of all the things you have to do, like feeding a baby and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, like nothing I ever imagined. And I thought I was a giant failure for the first month. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I really struggled with not – I don't think I had – postpartum depression in any way, but I had I definitely had the blues and I definitely um, felt like I was doing everything wrong. I had tremendous anxiety about his health and his safety. Uh, he had swallowed a lot of amniotic fluid. So right after my delivery, it was probably uh, one in the morning and I'd been up for almost 48 hours and um, because I didn't obviously sleep the night before either. And he made this little sound like... <gasps> And the nurse said to me, Hear that sound? That's your baby choking on amniotic fluid. So if you hear that, you have to press the button here and say that my baby's choking, and we'll <laughs> come God. in and, and we'll suction him. No pressure. And I look, looked at her and I said, I've been awake for 40. I, I, you I can't. Do it. What if I sleep? She goes, You won't, you hear it. I was like, I can't do that. I, no, I. I'll no take him you have to take him to the nursery so they took him to the nursery and he came back two hours later for me to feed him with a sign saying gaggy baby on his <laughs> person <passing laughs> <head. laughs>
0: should be like a, a onesie line
1: I know my poor little gaggy baby are you a gaggy
0: baby yeah but right. <laughs> yeah
1: I, it was that started it for me and I really struggled with breastfeeding I had trouble getting him to latch I, I
0: have an idea yes I think you should be the – we've done a lot of before and after stories uh-huh. where we talk to you during pregnancy and then after you've had the baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like we should do a trio of – Let's like do a, it. Well, yeah, uh, anyway, three, three episodes with you and come back and talk about your motherhood experience. I feel like it's going to be just a whole I'd You're so to. animated and real. Like even when you thought I was going to ask something really personal, you're like, bring it. Bring it. I know. <laughs> I, I like, like to be an oh, open book. You no. know, I, th-
1: I thought um, after I had my son – that I was going to be so honest about it even if I was criticized because I have my whole life related to women who told the truth about what they were experiencing, and it always made me feel better, and it always made me feel normal. And so I've really made it a point to try and talk openly and candidly about my struggles and things that I've found difficult, and I certainly found the transition to motherhood difficult, so I'd love to be able to come back and talk about it.
0: I'd appreciate that. I know our listeners would too. Before we end this one, I do have two more questions for you. Okay. we were predicting, not me, but ultrasound was predicting your baby would be 10 pounds. Yep. What was the birth weight?
1: 39 weeks, 8 pounds, 4 ounces. 8
0: pounds, 4 ounces. Yep.
1: So, he was not a 10-pounder. Not a
0: 10-pounder. And, you know, it's sort of a dumb question, but in hindsight, mm-hmm. you know, which is sort of 2020, Right. Um, if you can go back to the beginning and do it again, mm-hmm. would you do anything differently?
1: It's hard to say because I'm very, very thankful that Dr. Hakaka delivered my baby, and I'm very thankful that when he came out and and he had the tests, he was fine and healthy.
0: Well, that was another question. So you did all the tests and yes. everything's clear.
1: He's good, and that was a tremendous relief for me. Uh, would I, if there weren't those issues, electively be induced at 39 weeks? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I think um, I would have waited to give him the chance to come on, on his own. But I'm thankful that I did. I'm thankful that I had a safe delivery. I'm thankful that he was healthy. He came out at eight pounds. You know, some of the issues we have after was because maybe he came a little early. He wasn't quite ready. I don't know. It's very hard to say. But no, I wouldn't have changed anything because I'm glad that he came safely and he's healthy. Would I be induced if I had just the choice and there was no reason to be? Probably not.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll have more kids? Yes. Yes. Ooh. it's
1: very funny right when he came out I wanted four
0: <laughs> after the first
1: month I wanted to give him back and, then, <laughs> and now I want 10 I just love it so oh much. I hope you have 10 I, would, <laughs> I don't know if my body or my husband hope I have 10 but I can't we'll wait see.
0: to the episode where we say welcome to the 30th episode with Claire Holt <laughs> she's about to give birth <laughs> People to her 10th baby, baby. <laughs> oh, I don't think so you're so entertaining um, well, thanks again for being here and thanks sharing your story. Be- beautiful story. Thank you. Um, and congratulations. At home, thanks for listening. If you would like more of this type of media, visit our website, informedpregnancy.com. Whoa! Doctor,
1: doctor, give me the news I got.